Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, guys. Today on Freedom Talk, I'm going to give you a warning. And it's something I've talked about for a couple of years now, a warning I gave early on. And I want to tell you that if you think that most terrible things in history, the Holocaust, the Warsaw Ghetto, the Soviet gulags, if you think those can't happen in America, think again. So, of course, I'm here in Arizona, and we've just witnessed the overt, very obvious stealing of an election, a a bra power grab that took place with Katie Hobbs and her crew, that um, both Governor Doug Ducey and Attorney General Mark Bronovich seem to, well, Ducey did, and Bronovich seems to have given it their rubber stamp approval and possibly been involved in it. Doug, Doug Ducey has been a terrible, terrible governor. He's bought out. He's for himself. He has, in my experience, living here for five years now, he has done just enough to try to keep people placated and happy, but never really come through for people. He's played both sides, and I won't be sad to see him go. However, if indeed we get Kitty Hobbs in office, it's going to be worse. I'm hoping that Carrie Lake's lawsuit will prevail. This election will get thrown out. In fact, I think she should be installed as governor because Katie Hobbs, uh, as we're finding out, uh, colluded with Twitter before Elon Musk had it and perpetuated absolute um, election interference as secretary of state. And as Tucker Carlson pointed out, this is quite illegal. So there are a number of ways that this election was botched, was stolen, and people were not given their fair chance to a fair vote, to an equitable vote, to an election process free of corruption. This one has been full of corruption. Now, I want to tell you how the left works. And I want to tell you that you might think the Nazis were right wing. That's a misconception. The Nazis were another side of the coin from communism. They were socialists. And the reason the Nazis hated the communists was that they were essentially a rival gang, but they operated in a very similar manner because totalitarians are very much the same in how they operate. They understand human nature from the diabolical side of things, and they're very, very good at manipulating manipulating people psychologically. Sorry, I'm trying to get my tongue loosened here. Let me get a drink of water.
there are patterns that we can see. Now, I've done quite a bit. Well, I have a good background in history. I'm a fan. I've taken uh, courses in it up, up through college. And I've, over the past few years, really focused on studying what are the factors that lead to very bad situations in the world, what we call democides, um, dem from people and side meaning killing. So mass killings of your own people. What leads to that? We tend to want to think all those things in the, are in the past or they're in some third world country, but I want to assure you they can happen here. Not only can they happen here, we are on that path. Now, on October 21st, I launched my first issue of Freedom Talk magazine. I'd like to get that going again at some point, particularly due to the persecution from uh, the Arizona government, Pima <clears throat> County, the city of Tucson. Uh, we we uh, really struggled with the business and it ended up being stolen. That's another story. But um, the upshot is we I haven't been able to produce this. It costs a lot to design and print it. But in the very first issue, <clears throat> I wrote an article. And this was, of course, after the 2020 debacle. I wrote an article entitled How to Murder Millions. And I know that sounds somewhat drastic, maybe dramatic, but I want to read you a little bit from that article. I'll go ahead and put this article on our Freedom Talk blog. So go to uh, realfreedomtalk.com. If you go to realfreedomtalk.com, you'll very soon I'll put this uh, article in the editorials. But you'll also find every one of the videos that I've made, podcasts. You'll find merchandise that you can purchase. And if you're so inclined, we would really appreciate your support because we have been on the front lines of this battle. Um, and, and some of you know I've been arrested twice, um, once acquitted because it was a false arrest. The second was also a false arrest, but found guilty of four misdemeanors in a process that was anything but true justice. And so we need to raise money for an appeal there. And I have to say, if, if you've been paying any attention today, some of the best people, some of the people who are standing up for our freedom are the ones who've gotten arrested. You know, I, I talked to Steve Bannon's crew and of course, Steve Bannon was um, convicted and found guilty of, I think it was contempt of Congress, whatever um, it may be, but sentenced to four months in prison. And when I spoke with his team, they said, he's not even worried about that right now. He's focused on the Arizona elections and helping with that process. And I just, I want to thank Steve and his team publicly for, for all that they've been doing. Um, but, but Steve also has resources. He has a huge following and a huge audience. So um, making the money for the legal appeals, probably not too difficult for him, but we're still small yet. Uh, we have a, a very good voice. Uh, a lot of you know that I, lot of, I, I know a lot of influential people, and we've come a long ways in a short amount of time since Pima County targeted us and our business. But um, if, you, if you're willing and able to donate, we need to raise $15,000 for my appeal. And um, I am going to do a show pretty soon where I reread the statement that I made prior to sentencing. And I think you'll see once I read that statement that it was an absolute rubbish rubbish um, farce of a trial, every bit as farcical as our Arizona elections. But I want to uh, go through this article a little bit and apply it to our times. Because I wrote this 
over a year ago and I've tried to warn people, I've tried to call out. And I want to tell you some of the, as I read through some of this, I want to tell you some of the responses and reactions I got. They shouldn't be surprising based on the study that I did. And yet they still are when you experience them personally. You know, no matter how much you prepare for it, you, you, you can't be ready when you step in the boxing ring and somebody punches you in the face because it's all academic until you get rocked to your heels by a haymaker, I'll tell you that much. Uh, so from How to Murder Millions, Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Gulag Archipelago said this quote, and the Gulag Archipelago is his memoirs of being in a Soviet gulag, which is a prison labor camp. And some of these gulags were almost as bad as a concentration camp. The, the conditions were atrocious. A lot of them were in Siberia, but they were actually all over the, the Soviet Union, particularly in Russia. So they called it the Gulag Archipelago because these are, these gulags were strung out like the archipelago of, a, of islands. And Solzhenitsyn, who won, I want to say it was the Pulitzer Prize. Could have been the Nobel, but I think it was the Pulitzer Prize. He said, alas, all the evil of the 20th century is possible everywhere on earth. Yet I have not given up all hope that human beings and nations may be able, in spite of it all, to learn from the experience of other people without having to live it through it personally. So Alexander Solzhenitsyn spent eight years in the Soviet Gulag. And after that experience, he was desperate to warn people, look, this can happen anywhere. So he was trying to warn us. Now, I worked for an organization uh, whose founders, many of them came out of communist China. And I see this desperation on a regular basis to tell Americans the dangers of communism, to tell them their story and what happened to them, and to warn us all that this can happen here and that we are further down this path than you might think. <clears throat> I think watching the Arizona elections hopefully woke more people up because the march of tyranny is happening in real time and it's happening right in front of our faces. Let me read on. The Holocaust in Germany, the Warsaw Ghetto Genocide, the murder of millions of Russians and Chinese under communist regimes, the killing fields of Cambodia. Why didn't these people see the horror coming? Because I assure you, in all of these areas, if you'd have said, hey, your own government's going to rise up and kill millions of your people. No, that can't happen here. Germany is, is a modern, industrialized nation, civilized nation. How could you possibly think that would happen here? Why didn't they stand up in these areas? What were the warning signs? And will we recognize and respond to these warning signs before it's too late? So that is the big question. Why didn't these societies and civilizations see what was coming and why didn't they act in time? And that's a question we have to turn around to ourselves. Do we see where things could be headed? Are we going to act in time? Are we going to act enough in time? Let's go on. Alexander Solzhenitsyn said of his experiences, this is a, a reaction he would get from people. Resistance? Why do you resist? Today, those who have continued to live on in comfort scold those who suffered. So those who haven't experienced these things like the people did in China, they say, why, why are you so 
adamant about this. Why are you complaining? Why are you trying to get people to do things? We're, we're fine. We're fine. You know, um, we got another election coming up that, that'll take care of it. Um, just, just obey the rules and wait it out. I've heard more than one person say, you know, this is just politics. This is all going to play out. We'll get the Republicans back in. Everything will even out. We hope so. But so far, we've seen things getting worse, at least in some areas of the country like Arizona. Israel Gutman, who wrote uh, Resistance, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, he was someone who was in the Warsaw Ghetto and he wrote memoirs about it. It's a very interesting book. Resistance, the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising by Israel G-U-T-M-E-N, Gutman. Why had Jews made no effort to defend themselves? Why had there been no organized or spontaneous Jewish opposition on a serious scale? I mean, at that point, people were being herded into a walled ghetto. Their rights taken away. And guess what? Guess what the justification was? Oh, it's for your own safety. There's this typhus epidemic. We need to, we need to get you in here and keep you safe. Does that sound familiar? Now, Solzhenitsyn says, the answer lies in one critical question you must ask yourself. Why aren't you standing up today? No, sorry, that was my comment. The answer lies in one critical question you must ask yourself. Why aren't you standing up today? So ask yourself, why are you not standing up? Why aren't you doing more? Search your soul and ask yourself that. What is the reason why you're not doing more? Are you afraid? Is it inconvenient? Are you worried that people will see you as extreme? And this is what I want to say from Solzhenitsyn. Every man always has handy a dozen glib little reasons why he is not he is right not to sacrifice himself a dozen glib little reasons why he is not right sorry let me go back every man has handy a dozen glib little reasons why he is right not to sacrifice himself well i'm not going to put myself on the line because i don't want to lose my job i don't want people in my community to think i'm some right-wing nut now, I'm not advocating to do drastic right-wing types of things, but are you standing up enough? Let's go on. The reasons these humanitarian nightmares of mass murder became reality are the same today as they were throughout the most violent and bloody century in human history, the 20th century. Genocidal despots broke down established societies and gradually gained absolute control through deception psychological manipulation, including propaganda and censorship, and fear-based hysteria. Does any of that sound familiar? There are forces in this world that are going to use all of these tools, and I don't care how strong your nation is. You can be the United States of America. You can have 250 years of a tradition of freedom under your belt. They want to take that away, and they're very good at it. So let me, let me read you another quote here. Historians have struggled to understand how this knowledge could be suppressed by the victims who after all had everything at stake in understanding what was happening to them. So actually, why do the victims of this kind of tyranny actually resist anyone standing up? The answer may be found in the psychology of people who subconsciously refuse to believe in the worst. I know that can't happen here. Can't happen here. Uh, you're, you're over-exaggerating, you're being dramatic. And uh, that's, that's the first step. The woman who, let, let's see, let me go on. The most insidious of demagogues don't hide in the shadows. They operate in broad daylight. Now, we've seen that with the Arizona election. They stole it in broad daylight. 
and then just counting on people to maybe for a little while fuss about it, uh, launch lawsuits, but but then ultimately give in and give way. And they're they're literally just taking it, just taking it. It's a raw power grab. And I've had so many people contact me and say, what do we do? What do we do? I've given some possible answers, but I'm not confident yet that Arizona's will stand up in big numbers and do some of these things. Maybe they haven't suffered enough yet, but there comes a point where it gets so bad that it's too late to stand up. So from the time uh, this, this lockdown started happening, when they said there's a mandate, there's an order. I knew because I was working in the medical field, medical education, I knew that the lockdown strategy was a terrible one. I knew that the projected numbers of death were grossly overinflated. I saw what was coming and I had this desperation to get people to stand up while this was small, you know, kill the dragon before it grows, but, but that dragon's been fed and it's getting larger and larger. So I had this desperation, but try to convince people. Now take where we are right now with how bad things have gotten and go back to, to when they first said two weeks to slow the spread. Try telling people that things would be like they are now back then. Oh, that, that can't happen here. That's ridiculous. Nobody's that evil. They're, they're just trying to protect our health. I literally had people, and I'm assuming from the left, someone wrote a comment um, along the lines of, you're, you're ignorant. Don't you realize that the government is here to protect us? The government is here to protect us. That has never been the case historically, at least um, not for lengths of time. And we see our own government government being weaponized against us because we've ignored the science. We've let them do what they want. We have the DOJ and the FBI literally becoming like the Gestapo, watching people, monitoring them. I'm sure they're watching me. Now, January 6th, some people got up and, and it, it, was, it was messy. Maybe it wasn't organized enough, but people went to protest what they felt was, and I think there's abundant and obvious evidence of it was a stolen election. Um, the the FBI and others had had players there to incite people. I mean, it was a mess, and it was at least some degree a trap. But what they did was they portrayed these J6ers as dangerous insurgents, and I want to tell you uh, a little bit about that as we go on. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who I've talked about before, he was the German pastor who stood up to the Nazis and ultimately ended up being imprisoned and executed. He said, the great masquerade of evil has played havoc with all our ethical concepts for evil to appear disguised as light, charity, historical necessity, or social justice is quite bewildering to anyone brought up in our tradition, traditional ethical concepts. While for the Christian who bases his life on the Bible, it merely confirms the fundamental wickedness of evil. Now I find myself in this place because I was brought up in a Christian household. I had a, a, a period of, of a crisis of faith where I had to reconcile science and religion and make my faith my own, but it's been a part of my life. And when I see things like men being called women, when I see children being mutilated, uh, all the th evil things that are happening today, it's, it's perplexing to my soul. It's like a violence to my soul because I see life in such a different way. And it is a matter of right and wrong. And I see some very wrong and evil things happening right now. And I encourage each of you, don't give in to those things. Don't give in to that pressure. Don't normalize evil. There, there has to be a line. Anyway, let me go on. 
so there's this another thing that 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 these people count on the tyrants the types we're seeing in arizona is gradual acceptance and uh gutman said they that, that the germans put on restrictions intended to humiliate separate and denigrate the jews so uh, initially there was some pushback some resistance but ultimately um after these let's say in time perhaps because they followed one another so quickly the restrictions and decrees were taken as a matter of course the jewish response was muted and resigned now i see this in the arizona election i see a lot of people saying oh they cheated again what can you do i've seen people say i'm never going to vote again uh, other people saying well we've, we've got to cheat too so people get to this point of where they're not resisting anymore they're they're saying well it's just the way it is there's nothing we can do about it i will never get to that point because i will never accept fraud i will never accept corruption because america lives in me freedom lives in me i know what my natural rights are and you and i both are sovereign in the sense that no one can take our natural rights no one has the right to do that and we can only give them away universal innocence also gave, gave rise to universal failure to act according to Solzhenitsyn. maybe they won't take you maybe it will all blow over and again yeah you know another election stolen but we'll get it next time this, this is all going to blow over because you know somebody's gonna come forward now carrie lake right now is fighting very hard for all of us and some people think well you know carrie's gonna handle it. this lawsuit will take care of it i hope to god that's the case and i admire carrie greatly she's a personal friend uh she and i are, are very much alike in our, our fighting spirit with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But there's no guarantees. We hope Carrie can do it. But, you know, Carrie has communicated to me before. She said in a text, the only legitimate power, the only real power is the people. And Carrie can only do so much. And if you guys won't stand up for yourselves, won't take action, then a thousand carries can't help you. Congress can't help you. These people are representatives of our power. And that power is being siphoned away. And are you going to just watch it happen? So Gutman wrote at the outset of the occupation of, of the Nazis in Poland, the Nazis employed deceptive tactics, military commanders of the Wehrmacht, which governed the city, mollified the community means they tried to calm them tried to get them to to think that uh, everything was okay jews were being told that they need not be worried about their well-being now i see a parallel right now because katie hobbs is going out and saying oh you know i'm going to work for all arizonans um you know left and right i'm going to be there for them it, bull you know what there's no way she's going to do that she's just trying to mollify people and and get them to this mute uh, acceptance of what's been done because we know that the left hates people that I call normal people, people with good values, they, they hate us and they don't have anything good in mind for us. They're going to tell you that 
they're here for you, that they're going to work for you because they want to mollify or placate you. I'm going to play a quick coffee ad and I'll be right back. All right. So uh, Andrea brews some, uh, I'm sorry, roast some, <laughs> uh, it, she brews it for me, but she'll roast it for you. Some excellent, excellent coffee. And you can buy that to help support Freedom Talk. You can go to thecostclub.com. You can go to linktapgo.com slash Kelly. But I'm starting to really direct everyone to realfreedomtalk.com because that's pretty much the hub of our message, the hub of our work. Uh, you can also go there and donate for our legal fund right now. Uh, so we, we have that donation open for, for various reasons. Um, we, we, we do help people. We help a lot of people. If, if there are, say, single moms who can't make it, we will we'll give of our own money. Um, we believe in love and deed and action, not just in words. So let me continue. So Dietrich Bonhoeffer talked about how the Germans used very good traits that the people had to sacrifice for their country, to help others, to be responsible. They, they use the innate goodness of people to want to help out um, against them. But he said of this, when people started to see that they were being used, he said, civil courage can grow only out of the free responsibility of free men. Civil courage can't come from following the crowd and going with the flow. Civil courage can grow only out of the free responsibility of free men. Now, let's focus on that word responsibility. Because the Declaration of Independence talks about not only a right to stand up for yourself, to alter or abolish tyrannical governments, it talks about a duty or a responsibility to do that. So when tyranny and corruption come upon the land, it's a violence to the people. And you as a citizen have a responsibility as a free citizen to stand up and do whatever it takes to oppose that. And if you don't, you end up losing your freedom. It's guaranteed. Now, another response that people have had to encroaching tyranny and loss of freedoms is someone is coming to save us. Again, Israel Goodman, only two responses are possible, attempts to escape or self-deception by grasping at illusions. So there does come a point where the, the malintentioned evil people have gained so much power that the only possible are attempts to try to get away. And I've seen this. I've seen people uh, early on move away, go somewhere, get out of the fight or self-deception by grasping at illusions. Now, I have a good friend who's into the Q theory, and we talk a lot, and I always say, I hope you're right. I hope there's a plan. I hope there's this group of patriots that's in control. He says all of these things that a lot of you have heard. Um, but but listen to this. Uh, Goodman, again, in, in the context of the Warsaw Ghetto uh, massacre, he said that a lot of people thought, we must be patient, and a miracle will occur. <clears throat> He's quoting a ghetto leader. Fighting against the enemy makes no sense. Defense means the utter destruction of the Warsaw Ghetto. If I were convinced that we could not manage to save the core, I would arrive at a different conclusion. So sometimes grasping at illusions keeps people from acting. And I know this is one concern people have had about the Q theory, that 
it it um, prevents people from taking action by constantly holding out that somebody's going to save us. And I'm saying the the inaction resulting from a such a desperate belief can be tragic. And again, another quote, as long as the ghetto's population could be deceived by reassurances from those in authority, Germans or Jews, they were prepared to carry out German orders and treat the Jewish fighting organization as provocateurs endangering, endangering the entire ghetto. In this new climate, however, when all hope was lost, the Judenrat, which were the Jewish police complicit with the Nazis, by the way, and the police could no longer dominate public life. Public opinion no longer regarded the Jewish fighting organization as an irresponsible element that could bring catastrophe to the ghetto. They had already experienced catastrophe. Now, what they're saying here is that these various organizations, the power structure you might say of the ghetto, the, the head rabbis, the, the head groups, the organizations, really resisted any attempt to, to break out, to fight back. And again, um, they saw them as provocateurs endangering the entire ghetto. Now, people see the J6ers this way. They see some people who take action this way. Look, it, it, what you did was, was dangerous. It harms us all. It, it, it gives us a, an image or a brand of being insurrectionists, and, and we can't have that. That's exactly, exactly what the left wants you to think. And I'm not saying that there weren't some people at, at at the January 6th event that went too far, but a majority didn't. The majority went to peacefully protest to make their voices heard. And we've seen some politicians and I, I fault them for this. I mean, I, in, in some cases I condemn them for demonizing some of these people and going along with the narrative that this was an insurrection. Look, when you have a large crowd of people, there are always going to be some hotheads, but by and large people went to protest what I think was an obviously rigged and flawed election, and they had the right to do that. There are people sitting in prison right now, people charged with crimes that weren't crimes, that they just went to protest, and we have American gulags. I want you to know that if you're not aware of it. There are people sitting in prison being tortured, fellow Americans, and I'll tell you what, because I work with some of the people who try to help them. The American public largely ignored them afterwards. They felt a sense of shame, like, ah, these people are making it worse. Um, not my problem. They forgot about them, but I'll tell you something. When we haven't stood up for these people, we haven't stood up for ourselves. And I'm not saying that we justify every act, but I'm saying we have to stand up for the right to protest and to stand against tyranny or that tyranny just grows, that dragon gets bigger. And when you ignore the people who've stood up, you lessen your chances of prevailing, you ignore yourself because what these people have in mind for us is already the worst case scenario. You can't make it worse. You can't. And I'm not advocating violence. I will never advocate for violence, only in a, in a case of severe self-defense. But look at what's happening in China right now. These people have been driven to the brink where they're risking their lives, even, even saying, you know, get rid of Xi Jinping, he has to resign. Do you know what that means in China to say something like that? It means you're going to be hunted down and put in prison if, at, at, in a best case scenario and possibly killed. Look at what they did to the protesters in Tiananmen Square. They massacred their own people. Do you think that can't happen here? Do you think there aren't some people who would like to do that right now? If you don't think that you're fooling yourselves, 
and look at how they've treated the J6 people. Look at how they portrayed that event after the left threw a huge temperature tantrum, burning cities, desecrating statues, and attacking federal buildings. They have no ground to stand on. It's hypocritical. And I'm glad to see some people like the Epic Times, like StopHate.com, who are fighting back for the J6 people. These are your people. And if you ignore them, it's to your own peril, I got to tell you, because they are just like the people who wanted to stand up in the Warsaw Ghetto, who met that resistance from other people who said, oh, no. Remember a, a, a dozen glib little excuses for not getting involved? Oh, no, we, we can't stand behind them because it would make us look bad. Now, there are a couple times I've taken action and, and I've just spoken. I've stood up. I've stood up to bullies. I've stood up to tyrants and I've spoken. And I have had people, including a, a political candidate, say, get very angry at me. You're making it worse. You're making us look like a bunch of redneck insurrectionists. You know what? I haven't done enough. I haven't done enough. But to go and stand up to somebody and speak out, that's what we all should be doing. Now, if if we had that kind of courage, we'd be out of this mess already. But if we continue to have those glib little excuses, this country will descend into a very, very bad place. And I hope you see that. The reasoning seemed compelling. Active resistance would trigger collective retaliation. And while there was some hope for a majority or a part of the ghetto to survive, such actions were tantamount to collective suicide. Now, th this was the thinking. You're making it worse. J6 people, you're, make it, you're making it worse. And I'll tell you why they punished those people so hard. It's because, not because of the 2020 election, because they wanted the midterms in the 2024 election to scare people into inaction. Look, if you stand up for yourself, you could end up in prison. You could be uh, persecuted by your own government. That's what they want you to think because they do not want the grass, the, the ants standing up to the grasshoppers if you've seen A Bug's Life. And, and then that quote continues, only when all hope for survival was abandoned did resistance enjoy widespread support. Now, is this going to be us? Are we only going to resist when it's too late? when it's gone too far. My friends, I have been urging people from the moment they said, you got to stay home, you got to put on the mask. I've been urging people to stand up and say no. And what can you do about the Arizona election? Don't give way to hopelessness. Don't be mollified or lulled into that's just the way it is. But I truly believe from my studies, from reading the founder's words to going back oh my gosh, to the 1200s in history, I do believe that the people control the purse strings we're supposed to and that taxation is conditioned upon a, an ethical, responsible government. When corruption comes in, when tyranny comes in, I think you have that right to say no taxation without representation, no taxation without fair voting, no taxation without an election redo. And you stand on that. But can I get thousands or more people to do that? No, I'm just one voice. But somehow they did that at the founding of this country. Somehow, at the just before Magna Carta, uh, the English people did that to the king, which forced him to sign the monumental document, the Magna Carta, which is a foundation for the rights we have today. I'm not inciting anyone to stop paying their taxes. I'm just telling you, 
what's been done in the past and some of the rights that we have. Because listen, I think I understand what Trump said by the Constitution being terminated. He wasn't saying get rid of the Constitution. What he was saying is when there's fraud, there's corruption, there's tyranny, the Constitution doesn't protect that, okay? The Constitution is there to protect us from that kind of behavior. So if someone were to cite Constitution, Bill of Rights, for being in office, being a usurper, doing things that are against the Constitution, they can't use the Constitution to defend themselves. So there is, if you, and I've done this, if you study the writings of the framers of the Constitution, they did. They were quite clear that there are times you put it aside if necessary, because the, the whole point of the Constitution is our natural God-given rights as a people. The Constitution doesn't give us those. The Bill of Rights doesn't give us those. It merely memorializes some of them. It recognizes some of them. And we have the Ninth Amendment, which, which basically says even the Constitution and the Bill of Rights don't list all of our natural rights. And I've, I've written about that. I've talked about that before. There's so much to unpack here, guys. You, you have so much more power and authority than you think you do. Don't be intimidated. Don't be scared. And I've had people say, I'm just one person. What can I do? Stand the hell up. That's what you can do. Urge your friends to stand up. Be an American. Be worthy of yourself. Be worthy of your heritage of freedom. So these, these Jews who did stand up in the Warsaw Ghetto, who saw what was happening, it says, Gutman says, Gutman says, a manifesto was prepared in which the true intentions of the Germans were described and the fate of the Jews after deportation was outlined. Jews were called upon to oppose and evade their pursuers. Now I'm in that position right now, trying to warn you and tell you what's going to happen if you don't stand up for yourselves now. This manifesto was received by ghetto inhabitants with distrust, if not actual antagonism. Readers of the manifesto feared that the publication itself was an act of provocation and that any attempt at opposition might serve the Germans as a pretext to expel all the Jews from the ghetto. Again, despair, not hope, was a prerequisite for resistance. Now, let me tell you something. From the moment the county attacked my business, I have stood up to them. It was scary, man. They deliver documents saying they're going to shut you down. They portray you as some sort of lawbreaker when you're not breaking the law. They lie about you. They get thousands of people to harass you online. You never know if somebody's going to actually follow through on that threat. And then I stood up for a school kid and his father. And the court, which pff, that judge is a non-judge. I'll have more to say about that. But that court admitted that I just sat there and talked. But, oh, you know, I was found guilty on what I might have done, what I could have done. What a joke. But in all of this, I've persisted. And now I need to appeal that because I sat through three days of demonization, of stacking on charges, when all I did was went and spoke out for a child who was forced to wear a mask against his will, forced to take it out of the trash, and then quarantined at a time when even the CDC and mainstream media, legacy media, was saying that these approaches were killing kids. And we had stories from parents. We had statistics. We had kids who were, were killing themselves. But you know the, the, the pushback I got from some people? You made the Republican Party look bad. You made us look bad. They were pressured by the media, putting out a false narrative, as they do, as we know they do. 
And some of these people threw me under the bus. Those who supported me, thank you. Continue to support me. Donate to our legal fund if you can, because I'm going to keep fighting for you. And if I'm the last man standing, I'll fight. Same with Carrie. She said, I'm just one person. But Carrie knows that she doesn't have any power beyond the support that you give her. And I hope some of you will donate to her, but also stand up and make your voices heard. Go to your county meetings. I was really, really pleased to see some of these people who went to the Maricopa County Board meeting and spoke their mind and spoke like they were in charge as the people are supposed to be. Keep it up. Keep going to those meetings. Don't let this be normalized. Okay. Now, in his memoirs, a Jew named Zuckerman wrote, what if, if we had done, and if we had decided in good time, things would have been different. He said, if we would have acted differently, things would have turned out differently. But he lamented, when there were hundreds of thousands of Jews in Warsaw, we could not manage to organize a Jewish striking force because, now this is important, he said, because we did not manage to train the masses to understand the gravity of the situation. Can you learn from the lessons of history? Will you act in time? Will you do things differently than the victims of mass democide? Will you stand up, draw a line in the sand, and accept whatever sacrifice is necessary to halt the triumph of evil tyranny? Or will you stand by and listen to the requiem of another unconscionably tragic chapter in the history of mankind, once again marching millions to oblivion? So that's the high points of my article. And I want to ask you, what is your commitment to your country? What is your commitment to freedom? Can you learn from these lessons? Are you at the point where when we play the song, we're not going to take it anymore? We've had enough. Are those just words or do you mean it? Are you willing to stand? I'm willing to stand for my children's future, your children's future, grandchildren ahead of us. I'm willing to stand for everything this country represents unto the death if necessary. Ask for your help for me and my family. This has been a very difficult thing for us to go through for three years. Severe persecution. I am a major target in Pima County, in Tucson, to some extent in Arizona. And I'm sure I'm on one of those watch lists. I'm not an extremist. I'm a patriot. I love my country. I love people. I'm trying to stand up for you, Arizona. Stand up with us. Help us with our appeal. And for God's sake, stand up for your country. Thank <laughs> you.